1: You're listening to Rob Kendall. It's an action-packed show today, Casey. Let's go!
0: And Casey Daniels. The gang is all back together. On 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 24th. It is seven minutes after nine. You are listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So, were you glued to your television last night? <laughs> Were you watching the big debate, the mayoral debate for Indianapolis? You had Joe Hogsett and Jefferson Shreve. And yes, believe it or not, the question was asked, where was Hogsett? During the 2020 riots.
1: Yes, Phil Sanchez, the most beautiful man in all of Indianapolis media, did as I told you he was going to do, Casey. Mm-hmm, he I did. The, he uh, did. I had the utmost confidence in Phil Sanchez because, well, he actually gives a crap about getting to the truth and he actually gives a crap about the city. And he's actually one of the few people in Indianapolis media who isn't totally in the tank for the Democrats and, and Hogshead. And he straight up asked, Joe Hogshead, mm-hmm. where were you during the riots? But before we get to that. Can we just talk about the first 20 minutes of that debate? <laughs> because I had stuck this thing, and mm-hmm. Casey will vouch for it. She's probably looking at it right now. I had stuck this thing like at 1020 on our template.
0: Yeah, you knew we were going to get to it.
1: I was like, yeah, we'll get to it. I'm sure it's just going to be boring and whatever. The first 20 minutes of that debate were so bad by both of them. I'm not talking about Phil and the moderators. They did fine. The two candidates, Hogsett and Shreve, were so bad, Casey so bad that it was like some bad Saturday Night Live skit where you are sitting there going, this can't be real. At some point, the Impractical Joker guys are going to walk out on stage mm-hmm. and laugh at all of us that they have been putting things in these two guys' earpieces for the past 20 minutes. I mean, they looked like uncomfortable to be there. Very uncomfortable. Look- and
0: that's what I even texted you. Like, why Why do they look like they're so uncomfortable and stuttering even?
1: I mean, Joe Oxett has been the mayor of this city for eight years. Mm-hmm. Jefferson Shreve is probably I don't know his exact financial situation, but he is probably a billionaire when you add up all of what he sold his company for and the other stuff he owns and was on the city council multiple times. And neither one of these guys, it was like the scene in Wayne's world where Garth is left uh, when Wayne walks off and Garth is left out there by himself and is like, hello, (laughs) Hello? I'm not really sure what to say. I mean, it's pathetic. It's like you two people want to run the capital city, a city of, I don't know what the exact population of Indianapolis is anymore because people are fleeing in droves. Let's just round it up and say it's actually a million people. Probably not. But you want to lead this city, and you two both look like you wanted to be anywhere other than there. No smiles, no fun, no non-awkward engagement. It looked like they were actually reading from teleprompters Mm -hmm. throughout much of it.
0: It was pathetic. Well, okay, so the, the no fun, yeah, there's some serious stuff going on in the city, and you want serious people to take charge. And I guess I just have to chalk this up to the fact that maybe they're just not comfortable in front of a television camera. Okay, fine set that aside talk about what you know be the expert of indianapolis and neither one of them seemed like they were the expert i
1: mean it was it was embarrassing like i'm watching this going who was the guy last year the guy who ran for senate for the Libertarians. What was his name? Siniak. Uh, Siniak. Mm-hmm. And we liked And he Cineac, was very nervous on camera. And was a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. And, and we had him on the show multiple times and had some decent ideas. And then he gets on that, that debate stage with Todd Young, and who was the other... Uh, McDermott.
0: Yeah, from from up
1: north. And it's like, you Mm -hmm. want to talk about like shooting fish in a barrel with those two jokers. Like a made for, if you were ever going to stand in the middle of two people and look at both of them and go, you both are colossal failures and embarrassments. Let's roll. And I'm going to do this with a joker-esque smile on my face the Mm -hmm. whole time. And the guy, again, it was like this scene out of Wayne's World where it's like, hello? <laughs> and I thought there will never be a worse debate performance than what than what that was. And I like James and he's a super nice guy, but even he, I think, would admit that was terrible. Oh, no. Hogshead and Shreve last night. If you have not heard or seen this, after wait till noon. Don't do it between nine and noon because we need your listenership. But uh, go watch this. I mean, it is painfully bad and unlike Siniak who was some guy who just threw his name into the hat and said I'm a regular guy who wants to make a difference. These are like people who have immense experience in politics.
0: They've been doing this for a while. So like I said even if the camera makes you nervous or the lighting on a TV set, whatever. Get past that and just Talk about what you know. All right, so
1: Phil Sanchez, to his credit, did what essentially, I mean, I guess the lady from Indie Star kind of sort of asked mm-hmm. the question and mm-hmm. then let him me- meander around and didn't push back. And then years ago, right after the riots, I think someone actually from, oh, maybe it was Ashley Brown, or I can't remember who, from which TV actually asked. But other than that, think about this, three and a half years, and there has been no question of this mayor who there's no proof of where he was there's no email trail there's no cell phone trail there's no call log there's no nothing because we know hogs does business off of his government stuff mm-hmm. to avoid public records requests robert evans has laid that out numerous times he's been going at this for a year and phil to his credit asked the question and here is the answer
2: I was uh, working uh, from my home uh, I was in constant contact uh, with my representatives uh, with IMPD uh, I uh After things uh, started to dissipate that evening, I got about two or three hours of uh, rest and got up at four o'clock the next day. Worked the rest of the weekend, meeting with uh, organizers of the protests, and ultimately issued uh, uh, the order to uh, uh, to have the uh, the the, uh, protests ended. And uh, that was effective.
1: Okay, so there's so many problems with that. Number one, bull. There's not one single solitary person who has come out in three and a half years. And they all know what the rumors are about him. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're like, well, this is totally new. Everybody knows what the very prevalent rumors are about Joe Hogsett during the riots. And it is not just from fringe members of society who believe that, who have said that publicly. And yet they have yet to produce a single solitary person who can say, yes, I was in contact with Joe Hogsett the entire time, Mm -hmm. and here is the proof of that. It's not like the chief of police is out producing phone calls. It's not like the Marion County Sheriff is out producing phone calls. It's not like the governor of the state is out producing phone calls. Nobody can do that. And yet Hogsett just goes, oh, I was at home. Mm -hmm. He
0: said he was in constant contact with representatives and with IMPD. Who? I think the most egregious thing, though, is he said, I ultimately decided to end the protests, and that was effective. Ultimately, 24 hours later, 48 hours later, what took you so long?
1: That's the problem, Casey, and that's the other part of this statement that's complete bull, which is the next night Mm -hmm. was just as bad as the first night. So it wasn't like you were some magician overnight, and again- the only public, the only public... So the city is literally burning. You're seeing things being smashed. You're seeing a monument circle be defaced, The you know spray-painted the Soldiers and Sailors Monument. Hell, Casey, there was at one point, they believed that they people were going to breach the state capitol. So Holcomb was almost just as inactive the first night as as Hogsett. But at least we know where Holcomb was. He was just being inactive. It's not like he went missing. The, there is you you are led to believe that this guy was just hanging out at his house we know we know definitively Hogshead did not give the order to surrender monument circle the whatever deputy mayor whatever he was gave it so joe Hogshead was in constant contact and leading the charge he the police had and i was here okay i saw it unfold and got out of here right before the riots started i've told this story many many times my now wife and I were having dinner downtown. I looked out the window. We were down at Brothers. I saw the clientele that started walking past, Mm -hmm. knowing what had happened in these other cities. I told her, I said, we've got to go. Why? I'll tell you later. Mm -hmm. As we were walking back to Monument Circle, there were people walking behind us who no doubt had some sort of weaponry on them who were talking about seeing the cops on Monument Circle and how to evade the cops because of what they had on their person. We got in the building, we got out of the parking garage, and about 30 minutes to an hour after we got out of here, all hell broke loose. The police had Monument Circle secured at that point. I saw it with my own eyes, Casey. I saw the police presence. I saw Monument Circle secured. The protesters were there. They were. There was no violence taking place at that point. Somebody told the police to surrender Monument Circle, and we know it wasn't Joe Hawkson. This is so insulting that he does this. But you know what was even more insulting? And we'll talk about it when we come back. Yep. I can't believe I only had one segment for this on our show, Casey. <laughs> i exceeded all my expectations in the terrible way. There was poor a planning way. on your part. What was even worse was Jefferson Shreve's response to this bullcrap answer from Joe Hogsett.
0: We'll get to it coming up from 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Last night, Joe Hogsett, Jefferson Shreve, they both appeared to struggle with some filler words, long pauses while they were answering questions about public safety. Also, what happened in 2020, grocery store access and even the vibrancy of downtown Indianapolis.
1: I I was watching again. I was watching this debate last night. And if you just said, hey, at any point, the impractical joker guys are going to walk out and laugh at everyone. Because we've been talking in these two idiots earpieces the entire time. I would have totally believed it. I mean, it was that bad. And I think the most egregious thing, Casey, if you are in a fight for your life and your opponent hands you a sledgehammer, Mm -hmm. do you either A, say thank you and bash him over the head with it, (laughs) or do you go oh, no, thank you, I'm I'm not interested in actually winning this fight. You go ahead and just keep stabbing me.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to swing. I'm going to swing hard.
1: And last night, Joe Hogsett repeatedly handed Jefferson Shreve a sledgehammer, mm-hmm. and Jefferson, Jefferson Shreve not only said, no, thank you, keep stabbing me, he actually took the knife from Joe Hogsett and kept stabbing himself in the skull. I mean, it was just that answer, He Hogsett, tease it up for him. On, this, on the thing with the riots. And Shreve is this mealy-mouthed, wimpy... I mean, w- what you could understand, because it was like, again, you know, Garth from Wayne's World. In, you know, kind of just half sentences, pausing at the wrong time. I mean, I'm watching this going,
0: why did you even run? Yeah. He said that if he were mayor, he would have been on the scene. Oh, whether in emergency command center or the city county building, because that's how you leave.
1: We last segment, we played the clip of Hogshead giving this ridiculous answer about I was in constant. Con-. Don't you look at him and go, with who? Names right now. Where's the proof? And Joe, why can't any why can't anyone get information on where you were during the riots via public records request? How Why are you using? Uh, devices that cannot mm-hmm. be tracked. They're not subject to public records requests. Yeah. I mean, there were so many different places you could have gone with it and he just let him off the hook. And I heard Tony again this morning doing this thing about, well, you've got to vote for Shreve because he's incrementally better. I don't think he is. And even if he is a fraction better, I am so sick Casey of the Marion County Republican party putting these crap candidates up. And you know, want to know why our state is in the position it's in right now, why we have the biggest government we've ever had, why we have the highest taxes we've ever had, why we have the biggest budgets we've ever had under Republicans, because the American County establishment wing of the state Republican party calls all the shots. I could not disagree with Tony Katz more. You absolutely cannot vote for this clown because you are rewarding this behavior. And this is what always happens. Well, you may not like him, but what choice do you have?
0: He's he's not the other guy. Well, let's talk about the other guy. Something that he said that downtown is extraordinarily safe.
1: This is Jefferson Shreve, right? No, this is, so this this is Joe, Joe Hogsett. Hogsett this okay. is
0: Joe Hogsett saying that downtown is extraordinarily safe. So if you vote for this guy again, you're going to get more of what you have. He said that it is a perception problem. There are more
2: guns in our city than there are people. And until and unless we start uh, meaningfully addressing those issues, we're going to continue to have uh, unfortunate uh, incidents of gun violence. And uh, gun violence uh, brings with it uh, perception problems. And that's why uh, we need to change the direction uh, and uh, and make a real difference in the gun uh, availability of guns.
0: Okay. But, but
1: Shreve agrees with him. <laughs> This is why it's Same like... we're When Tony's out, they're going, well, he's incrementally better. No, he's not. Shreve agrees with Hogsett that law-abiding gun owners are the problem. That answer is so ridiculous, but the problem is the clown running on the Republican side has ceded that ground to Hogsett. There is no difference between these two guys. They believe that law-abiding gun owners... Are the problem. Do you know how ridiculous that argument is? The permitless carry? Mm -hmm. There was record violence year over year, long before there was permitless carry. It is not permitless carry. Felons can still not own guns. It doesn't matter whether there's a permit to carry or not. It is a crime for a felon to own a gun. And newsflash those people weren't going to get permits anyway. The problem is the guy running against him, Casey, doesn't get to score any
0: points on it. Because he agrees with them, right? Uh, Shreve linked the city's failure to meet Hogsett's police hiring targets to a supposed, you know, stand down by Hogsett. Now, the one thing that I will say, there was one thing, one, and it's probably the most ridiculous part about the entire debate yeah. was the grocery store conversation. <laughs> and I say that as a resident of Marion County who has to drive pretty far to get to a grocery store. Yeah. And Jefferson Shreve was talking about there's these empty buildings, the Walgreens, the Rite-Aids, the CVS, they're, they're becoming empty. And this would be a good opportunity to take those buildings and make smaller grocery stores around the city. I agree. So I'm going to give him that one little nugget.
1: In these debates, you have about 15 minutes to make an impact. That's it. And whether it's the presidential debates, it's this debate, because people tune it out. Once they got, and it, no offense, I mean, this the, this may be an issue, but once they got to the animal shelter and the grocery mm-hmm. store, like people are, you are gone. tuning out. I'm interested in this stuff and I was tuning out. The 21st 20, 20 minutes, and it was right in where Shreve should have just been beating that guy into dust. It should have been a game of Mortal Combat finish him and there was nothing Shreve looked like he didn't want to be there he had this deer in the headlights look he was fumbling over his words and he did very little offensively against Hogsett I mean kudos to phil sanchez and wish tv they they addressed the key issue first the questions were fair they allowed both people to talk they kept them on a timer it was the perfect opportunity for jefferson shreve to hit a home run and instead he looked at three pitches right down the middle and said aw shucks guess i'll go back to the dugout
0: okay well here are jefferson shreve's closing arguments let's see if this wins you over If elected
2: mayor, I will use this office, I will use my voice, the bully pulpit, to advocate for a working criminal justice system that will close that revolving door to take the violent serial offenders off of the streets of Indianapolis.
1: But none of his policies show that he would do that. His signature policy is law abiding gun owners are the problem. Mm -hmm. Casey. I, I don't know if you do this, but I will debate at home. I will. Pick, I will. Choose <laughs> You'll
0: answer the question I, how you would have answered. I choose to be one mm-hmm. of the candidates. Yeah.
1: And so in this case, I chose to be Shreve and thought, how would I do this? Yeah. And the first question he got was on crime. The first question they both got on crime was on crime. And we live in a world where sound bites and moments matter more than anything else. And if I'm going to run this by you and you say this was a great idea or a terrible idea, all right? Mm -hmm. So it went to Hogsett first. He gives some ridiculous answer about crime. Mr. Shreve, the floor is yours. Joe Hogsett has been the mayor of Indianapolis for eight years. The guy is so incompetent, he can't even take out his own trash. Under the eight years of Joe Hogsett... The city has become trash. So, ladies and gentlemen, this November, let's take Joe Hogg's set and his terrible policies and terrible ideas out with the trash. <laughs> wow! How hard was that? And you know, Casey, you know. If that's what you rip around Boom! the game with, that is what the, 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 all the headlines are. Kendall says. Kendall takes out the trash. Says take that out with the yeah. trash. And instead you got this guy who spent 13 and a half million dollars of his own money. And mm-hmm. he looked like he didn't even want to be there. Can you imagine the fun we would have had with 13 million
0: dollars? Yeah, we would have had a lot more fun. It is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Well, she will- It is 9.33. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So President Biden told Benjamin Netanyahu on Monday that he he remains committed to the Uh ongoing efforts to secure and release the more than 200 hostages held by Hamas. Uh He's working very hard on it from where? The beach? (laughs) That is a horrible look. Absolutely horrible. Nothing says, I'm committed to getting hostages released. Like a stroll on the beach.
1: Yeah, but he don't care, Casey, because he's never held to account for this. He's never held to account for what he does.
0: So he was uh, at the podium and he was mumbling and... um Walking, well, he went to the podium and he wasn't even supposed do we, to. Like do, he got his directions wrong.
1: Okay, so like the very like the presidency is so staged. Like everything is scripted, everything is staged because the whole goal of the people who do this is to make the president look good. And so usually the very last thing before they go out in public is mm-hmm. once again one more time, Mr. President. Here is how this will go. Blah 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 blah. And Biden, mm-hmm. who I am certain was told the order in which things will go on, and probably told multiple times. He just walks out to the podium and forgets that there's some guy who's supposed to introduce him and then fesses up
0: that he says, just totally forgot. Oh, I wasn't supposed to do that.
1: Listen to this.
2: Good afternoon, folks. I'm not introducing me. Mark is. I forgot, Mark. I want him straight
0: to the podium. I apologize. No problem. Uh, it's just, uh, okay. And then the- hey, Mark looks like he almost shoves him out of the way. Get out of the way, old guy. Let me introduce you.
1: Everything with the presidency is scripted. And I am certain the last thing they told him, if those people are worth anything, mm-hmm. before he went out there, and especially when it's Biden and you know he doesn't know where he's at half the time, is you will walk out. He will. You will stand right there. He will introduce you. Mm-hmm. I just it, the guy. The guy's mind is totally gone.
0: And then I, I was more interested in what the introduction was going to be. Yeah. Like, how was this guy going to introduce him? It, it was. It was a speech about binomics and finances yeah. and how. We were going to be gaslit. It doesn't matter.
1: Well, and good news, Casey. I know you're going to be very excited about Mm -hmm. this. Uh, Biden, while he was out there, well, he thanked our very own Todd Young for the massive amounts Mm -hmm. of printed money that Todd Young helped Mm champion to help some of the largest, richest corporations in the world get larger and richer. Now, they came up with a cute little clever name for it. What was it? It was
0: The Chips Act. Oh, yeah,
1: that's right. The Chips Mm -hmm. Act. But Mm -hmm. let's, I mean, let's, we're honest with our audience, right? I mean, that's what the Chips Act is. It is the federal government printing money, which mm-hmm. is inflation, mm-hmm. which is making everything more expensive for you so that some of the largest, richest, most powerful corporations in the entire world can get larger and richer.
0: OK, now I want to I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. I want to hear this clip and then I want to get a, a, a question yeah. out there. Okay, All right. So, 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 here, so
1: here's Biden. And then he. Uh, the best part at the end is where he just totally melts down against the teleprompter.
0: And I want to thank
2: majority leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Todd Young and Representative uh, uh, Joe, excuse me, representatives Joe Morelli and Susan Ward, well, excuse me, Susan Wild, uh, for their work to make this happen. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'd like to thank you for your hard work that was so relevant, I can't even get your names
0: right. Okay, so Todd Young was the author of this bill, this CHIPS Act, and they're claiming they're going to make part of Indiana this tech corridor. Uh-huh. And you said going into the break, it's federal money, spending spending more, yeah. which causes inflation. Right. They're going to spend that money no matter what, Right. Your federal government, they—they were going to spend that money no matter what. No,
1: they printed the money specifically for this. Like they passed this bill and they printed all right. a bunch of money. Right. Right.
0: They were going to do that. Right. Todd Young got that money to stay in Indiana. So if they're going to no. if they're going to print that money anyway, nope. isn't it a good thing nope. for this state? No, At least no, 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 no,
1: no. And I had this conversation last night with somebody, and I'm going to try to be calmer than I was yesterday with it because I like you. I it's, don't, a, it's an honest
0: question though, that no, I think no, a lot no. of people
1: I I don't I don't want these businesses here. I don't want these people here because the state of Indiana, the Republicans, it'd be one thing if the Republicans said, we have all this business, we have all these new businesses coming, we have all this tax revenue, and we are using that tax revenue to make your life more affordable. We're eliminating the income tax. We're we're actually capping property taxes. We're repealing the gas tax. If the extra revenue, the excess revenue, was all being used to make my life better and more affordable, then yes, absolutely. While I would still disagree with this, I would say, good, I'm glad they're here. The problem is, All the Republicans do in this state is use this excess revenue to grow government. Government involvement, government cost, the size and scope of government. I don't want any of that. And then these people that come here, first of all, they tear up all of our farmland. They take what was once great about Indiana, and they pave paradise and put up these, these buildings that you'll never get that farmland back. You'll never get the character of the area back. And then you have all these people who move in from other states who change the politics of our area. There's nothing about this that appeals to me. My life doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any more affordable. The government's big, gets bigger. The government gets more expensive. And the landscape, both the, the, the actual physical landscape right. of our state and the political landscape mm-hmm. of our state changes. No, I don't like any of this. Okay. Did that answer the question? It
0: did. It did. Because I think, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, if the federal government is going to print this money anyway, we might as well keep it in Indiana. But it will change indiana
1: speaking of not liking anyone (laughs) micah's gonna join us next i mean we like everyone he likes everyone but i'm gonna ask him is there is there anyone he likes running for governor is there anyone so far who's done anything that we're that he's like
0: yeah that's really good it's Kendall and casey on 93 wivc
1: it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the WIBC hotline. He is the last great hope of the state of Indiana. We do this every Tuesday. Pastor Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith. Uh Casey and I talk about this at length. I am completely fine if we go six months without a speaker of the house. I think we'll see just how little we actually miss the government in general. What say you?
3: Yeah, I think that's actually uh Right. I I think we can we can run this nation in the the compound republic that we have. We've got state leadership and county leadership and city leadership. And the federal government was always designed by the founders to be the least invasive uh, government aspect in our lives. And now here's where I think it is a it's a failure. It's a failure of Republican leadership in the sense of they're going to get hammered politically for this. And I think the American people will say about Republicans, you guys can't even govern your own conference. How are you going to govern our nation? So I think it could be a a strategic failure and um, it makes them look petty. And I think uh, I I was talking to the South Carolina, the former South Carolina GOP chairman last night at an event at life church. And he said he has heard from the, the holdouts on Jim Jordan. They specifically didn't vote for Jim Jordan. Because they wanted to get back at Matt Gates, and that was their whole reason. They liked Jim. He said they liked Jim. It wasn't a matter. They thought Jim would be a good speaker. They wanted to get back at Matt Gates, and that to me is the problem with Republicans: is there's this petty personality conflict, differences, and they can't put that aside and do the best thing for the for the country. But but here we are, and and to your point, I you know. I don't think it, we'll, we'll miss him a whole lot. but Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So this is my goal. You know me, Beckwith. I love the chaos and calamity, and I think during chaos and calamity, you see who people actually are. And the society is quickly seeing who the uh, establishment wing of the Republican Party is, which is people who care um, way more about themselves than the people they're elected to serve.
3: Well, that's right. And I think a lot of times, even when we saw the McCarthy votes, uh, we had conservatives who were willing to come to the middle and compromise and say, if you give us these things, we'll vote for McCarthy. But you never see that with the rhinos. You always see them say, no, we'll burn the whole ship down. We don't care. We'll burn it down. Because. Really, they don't love the party. They don't believe in the principles of the party, and they don't really love the nation. They just love themselves, and they want to do what's right in their own interests. And and uh, and so they they'll say, oh, we'll, we'll just burn the whole thing down. And then they'll they'll try to blame conservatives to say, oh, you guys are the dissenters. You guys are the ones causing division. But that's not the case. And and I see this in the Indiana Republican Party. I see this in the national Republican Party. And conservatives really need to learn how to fight and stand their ground, which we are. I mean, I think we're we're learning. But but to that point. It's, it's kind of this principle that um, it's almost the Solomon principle. King Solomon had the two uh, women that came to him and said, this is my baby. And he said, give me a sword. I'm going to cut it in half. And then you guys can each have a half of the baby. The real mother stepped up and said, no, 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 don't do that. I, I, I love the child too much just give it to the other lady, and Solomon said, you're the real mother, and, and then gave the baby to that mom. They, I, they, also I, also did, they also did
1: that on an episode of Seinfeld with the bike with Newman, remember? <laughs> with where, where Kramer and Elaine both have a claim to the,
3: the bike. Yeah, you remember that? I do remember that. That's great. I, but uh, Seinfeld Theology with Rob Kendall, I love it. So. Uh, Casey, go ahead.
0: <laughs> so, uh, how do you think uh, Byron Donalds is going to do?
3: Well, I think he'd be a great speaker. Um, I, I like him. I think he's been uh, a good voice of... Uh, you know boldness uh over the last few years i also like mike johnson i got to meet mike johnson a few months ago from louisiana is that a real name that sounds like a fake name is that his real name (laughs) no that's his real name he's a representative from louisiana he's also in the running he is a really solid believer he loves the lord he is uh and he's really smart and he's very thoughtful and uh and i think he would be a very good uniter of the conference but but both Byron Donalds and Mike Johnson, in my opinion, would be would be phenomenal. I wish we could have gotten Jim Jordan. He's the second most popular Republican in the country, second only to Trump. And yet the conference couldn't get behind Jordan. So I have very little hope that they'll get behind Donalds or uh, Johnson. But we'll see.
0: Well, I told Rob last night that I think the only person that Matt Gates is going to be happy with is actually Matt Gates. <laughs> it's true. Or,
3: or Donald Trump. I don't know. Like <laughs> one of the two. But. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with Gates. There's got to be some aspect of of humility. I mean, you got to come to the table, and you got. I'm mean, listen. I, I like Matt that he was that you know, he's a fighter and he's willing to fall on his sword uh, for what's right. But at the same time, strategic uh, impact of what's going on could really hurt our nation long term. And and you know, with everything that's going on in the Middle East right now, we really do need a, a, a strong speaker. So why? Uh, we need a of house. Why do because we need why why
1: why do why I mean what Biden is Biden is the commander in chief. It doesn't matter what the, who the speaker. Why why does it why does anything in Israel. Why does it matter who the speaker is?
3: Well, if you had a strong speaker and a strong uh, house, you could control what Biden does by controlling the purse strings. If they would actually take that. Oh, Micah, back.
1: you and your drugs. The Republicans have been in office for nine months, and they just keep
3: rubber stamping all of Biden's spending agenda. Come on, now, you don't believe that. I, no, well, I get that, but I'm saying if you had a strong speaker, if you had a Jim Jordan or a Mike Johnson or Brian Byron Donalds, I think they would they would grab those purse strings and say we're going to limit what you can do financially, uh, and so figure it out. I think they would. If uh, it was a strong speaker.
1: Uh, Micah Beckwith is our guest. Totally naive, but we still love him all the same. Uh, hey, let's turn our attention closer to home here. There are six people running for governor on the Republican side. And other than Jamie Rittenauer, the rest of these jokers are about as entertaining as dry paint. What's wrong with these people? <laughs>
3: well, I mean, I think it's uh, it, it's the typical you know campaign minutiae that you have to wade through. I mean, I've seen probably more uh, Brad Chambers commercials on TV than I – then i saw trump commercials back in the height of the 2016 election so he's spending a ton of money trying to to buy this thing i think that's really interesting uh and the thing that i don't hear him talk about at all is anything when uh, those commercials. I, I, I don't know i don't know what he believes i don't know what he stands for i mean they are i i saw those commercials i'm kind of like this Okay tell me who you are just and are saying I'm an outsider no, you're not an outsider you've been inside the system for years like like what what do you stand for what do you believe in what makes you tick ideologically and ph- philosophically and and I, I don't know I mean again I, I don't know the guy from Adam really but I'm like okay, tell me what you believe and and his commercials aren't doing that I, I haven't really heard him. Really but but no, none of these
1: people, none of these people, stand for anything other than Suzanne Crouch. nobody believes she's cutting an ounce of government. Uh, has this bizarre thing about getting rid of income tax, and then won't say how she's going to pay for it. Uh, there's no big ideas
3: from any of these people. There's six of them. Well, I, I don't know if you can say there's no big ideas from any of what them. What are I mean, they? You've got, Tell. Well, Go. you you've got you've got Eric Doden's no cost adoption. I mean, that's kind of a big idea. All right, you've got. But Mike, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. That's a very targeted thing.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that affects he, a very we,
1: small percentage. And, and we know what he's doing here, and it's fine. That may be a very good idea, but he's targeting people. Same with this stupid teachers don't pay taxes proposal. He's trying to pick off very specific constituencies because mm-hmm. he wants to win this primary. I'm talking about a big idea that you say, hey, there's seven million people in this state, and here's how we're making
3: life better for all seven million of you people. There's there's nothing. Well, I mean, you can you can say that uh, the the lowering the taxes and cutting taxes for teachers. I mean, again, I understand your your problem with that, but at the same time, you're fighting against cutting taxes. Why is Rob Kendall? No, I'm not. I'm,
1: I'm fighting against the status quo, which is carving out specific tax cuts for specific groups of people because either they give the right amount of money to our campaigns, or we believe they they won't. Be, they'll be a pain in the ass at the state house if I don't do this for them. It's I'm not against cutting taxes. I'm against specific. This is what the Republicans do. They target people and they say, we like these people or we find them politically beneficial for us so we will cut for them and, oh, you regular guy, you can just eat it. That's not against cutting taxes. That's against cutting taxes for specific people based on how likely I think they are
3: to vote. Well, and then Suzanne Crouch has her cutting income tax for everybody, so there's that.
0: That's a pretty big idea. <laughs> okay, now wait a second. Rob just, said, mad, Rob just said eat it, and you went straight to Suzanne Crouch, which leads me to my point. You know, she has been doing nothing but pretty much eating her way across Indiana. <laughs> National Dessert Day. She was up in Goshen at Olympia's Candy Company. She's talking about the Tenderloin Lovers Trail. Is that really what we want from our governor, pointing <laughs> well, out listen. where... I mean, that sounds like something that I would write an article about, like, hey, check out this fantastic restaurant. Look at this candy company in Goshen. I've actually been to Olympia's candy company in Goshen. Can't we do better than that from our governor? Well, her metabolism is freaking
3: fast. I mean, she is... Have you seen her? She's in good shape. I'm like, how do you burn through those calories? And she's going all over the place, but I... Look To that point, listen, we do need to ask, ask the tough questions to all these candidates and say, where do you stand on issues like property taxes? Where do you stand when you're fighting the woke agenda of the, the teachers union trying to indoctrinate our children? Where do you stand when it comes to uh, federal overreach and, and the FBI tyranny that we're seeing come into the, to the state and, and, and just abuse uh, liberties of citizens left and right? So I think that's our job. That's your guys' job. That's my job. That's our job as the people to really ask these people, where do you stand on these tough questions? And then if they don't give you a good answer, then you know, we got six great, uh, well, we got, we got six candidates, and there's going to be some good options. And, and then put your support behind the option you think is best. So,
1: uh, real quick, before I let you go, you are crisscrossing the state when you go to these events, these uh, <laughs> suppers. These you don't have the metabolism Suzanne does, but when you go to these, uh, when, the, when you go to these events, are the rank and file Republican people are like, "Oh, this is fine, everything's in a good direction," or are the people like, "This is ridiculous. You need to win because you're something like different." Where where are the people at? Are we the outliers, or are the politicians the outliers?
3: Well, I can tell you this. Uh, we made 400 and some calls on Friday night to delegates around the state at a call party. And and out of the majority that we talked to, they were all really excited about what I'm doing and what, uh, what needs to be done to change the party. I think everybody recognizes that we are in Indiana, a very conservative state. You've got grassroots, God and country people all over the state. But for some reason, our Republican Party looks more like Dick Luger than Jim Jordan. And I think people are asking the question, they're saying, well, how did this happen? And I, I go back to, listen, this has been a long time coming. The Dick Lugers of the Republican Party have brought in their moderate voices to lead the party. And that's, that's what you get. That's the fruit that comes from that seed that was planted a long time ago. And so we can't just get up and, and make a lot of noise as conservatives and expect it to change overnight. This is a long game we've got to stay consistent, we've got to stay in the fight, don't give up and and we will win, but it's going to take, you know, years, not months to to change it back. So we just have to stay persistent. Just like Paul says, run the race that's set before you with persistence. Do not do not give up. Continue to focus
1: all right. Well, uh, I think he got himself cut off there. So. <laughs> no, there you are. You're back. Sorry. I made a snide comment about you. Uh, I was in the process of doing that. Uh, but I, Anyway, but, uh, Beckwith, we love you. You're the best. Uh, thank you, as always.
3: Hey, I love you guys. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Ken Casey on 93 WIBC.